Welcome to this episode of the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 38-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Blissbrook. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's tools on blissbusiness.com. Thank you all for uh, joining us. Got people here from all over the world, which I think might be a reflection of Laura Harry's organization, especially those people down under in Australia. Welcome to the Hero Call. Let me uh, let me uh, jump right into this and tell you a little bit about our hero guest tonight. Laura Harry is a national vice president with Arbonne which is quite a substantial position, not only in monthly sales volume that's sustained every month, but in organizational structure. And I'll talk a little bit about her organizational structure um, in a minute. She's been with Arbonne for 11 years. Um, And um, so she's from Cantonsville, Maryland. Uh, She's married to Chris. She has two sons, Brandon and Tyler. She discovered Arbonne 11 years ago while she was an executive uh, at a bank, and she discovered Arbonne through uh, a school friend, and we'll tell you a little bit about exactly how that happened. But then Laura, uh, Laura's job at the bank got eliminated, which sort of just gave her a kind of thumped her bull and gave her an opportunity to look at Arbonne uh, full-time as an opportunity, and let's talk about what she's done specifically in her first four years, which the heroes calls, folks, if you're wondering, like, how do I select heroes, I look for people that have built empires, something in the order of at least $10,000 a month in residual income within four years of going to work. I say four years of going to work because sometimes people mess around, dabble, think about it, play with it, wholesale customer for a year or two years or three years, and then they finally figure it out and they go to work doing those simple duplicatable actions every day that result in building an empire, and they actually get an empire built within four years, which is the subject of the four-year career. So Laura actually did that, and we're going to talk about her stats uh, in her first four years and then what she's accomplished now that she's poured leadership and vision and fire on the organization she built the first four years and what that has grown to in the last seven years for a total of 11 years. So first of all, the first question that we ask uh, people about getting started in the business statistical-wise is how many people you sponsored in your first 90 days. And Laura sponsored five business builders and a whole bunch of wholesale customers And by the end of four years, she'd personally sponsored 40 business builders. Now that, folks, for uh, an average of the people I've interviewed over the years, is a very low number. But the number that uh, we're going to explore is what she did with those 40 people. She turned them into nine leadership legs and a monthly sales organization uh, volume of three and a half to four million a month with an organization that spans the globe. And that's really an extraordinary accomplishment. A lot of the people that we interview that have large organizations have sponsored 
a couple of hundred people, and they only have two or three, maybe four leadership legs. So one of the things we're going to hear from Laura is about how she had a huge epiphany after four years in her business of recruiting and building and how she turned those people that she had into an empire through vision and leadership. So let's, Laura, let's jump into your story. And I want you to tell people, go right to the very beginning, how did you first hear about Arbonne, which I understand was your first network marketing company, so we don't have to talk about what you did before Arbonne and network marketing. How did you first hear about it, and who did you hear it from? Okay, thank you so much. Richard, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you well. In fact, you're a little hot on the mic. So you okay. could move the mic a little bit away from you. Okay, is that better? Even a little more. Okay, there we go. Is that good? Yeah, it's good. Okay. Don't get too, well, don't get too excited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, well, first I want to say thank you to both Richard and Kimmy. It is totally an honor to be on this call and to be a part of this series and giving back to the industry that has so greatly blessed my family um, and myself personally. So first, I want to say thank you. So I was introduced to Arbonne actually through um, through my son at the time. Uh, I was looking for um, you know another corporate job. I really didn't know very much about network marketing at all. Actually, I had only known of two other companies and um, really didn't know how the business model worked or anything like that. Um, didn't even really think about it. And Arbonne was, or my, the company was in front of me for several months, and I really didn't get it then either. Um, I became friends with um, my sponsor in the business, who's really changed my life, EMVP, Dana Collins. And I learned about the company through the products. My littlest son, my youngest, had eczema. And... I used some of the products, and they really changed his skin, but I still didn't see the business until one night Dana invited me to come take a look at why the Arbonne products work so well. And that night really changed it for me. I met five ordinary people that were building an amazing income, and something shifted for me. I realized, what if this could pay my mortgage and... I could do this alongside of finding another job. This would give us stress-free from me losing my corporate job. I came home that night. I really didn't know what I was going to do, but I felt hope for the first time. So I woke up my husband, and I said, I'm going to build an Arbonne business. And I think that the most important thing I can share with everyone tonight is that I made a decision at that point. I decided I was going to build a business. I really didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that if Dana had done it and those five other people had done it, that I could do it. And I asked her to come over the next day and explain the compensation plan to me, and I quickly realized that in order for me to build the kind of income that was going to matter for my family, I needed to build a team. I really had no idea but that was my very first goal to help as many people to create financial freedom choices in their life like I was going to do in my own. And All right, Laura, let, let me interrupt you there because I want to 
shine some light on a couple of things. I I cheated today, not intentionally, but your sponsor called me today on another matter. So I was talking to Dana, and of course I had to ask her a little bit about you. And I've never done that before. I've never talked to the sponsor of the person I'm interviewing. But um, you said something I want everyone to hear. Um, you actually told me this today when we were talking, and I want everybody to hear this. Um, because most people who are learning to build a business are, are listening to their sponsor and they're listening to all the training, and maybe they're listening to outside gurus talk about say this and do this, and they're looking to learn the presentation, and oftentimes distributors hesitate to engage, hesitate to talk to people that they know because they feel like they're not ready. They don't know the presentation. They don't know what to say. They're not going to say the perfect thing, and they're going to lose people. And I want you to tell people what Dana Collins said to you to introduce you to the income opportunity. You told me today that she called you up. You'd already, you already, she'd already exposed you to the products. But she called you up and she said something, and then the two of you went to the meeting. Remember what you told me? Yeah. She asked me that I want to go out and have wine. <laughs> That's what she asked me. Did you want to go out and have wine and what? And have wine and learn about what makes Arbonne different. There you go. So I think, Laura, my point is that you could read every book on network marketing. You could go to every seminar. You could listen to every set of tapes, CDs, whatever. You could do that for 100 years, and you could listen to the 100 top trainers in the world in network marketing, and you wouldn't find one of them that would teach you to say, you want to go have wine and learn, <laughs> learn how the opportunity works? That's just not textbook. And the point is, folks, you know, it really doesn't matter what you say. What matters is, number one, that you say it, whatever it is, and, of course, it matters a little bit how you say it. And then I want to uh, add to that, Laura, something that Dana told me that I asked her. I said, does Laura know this? And she says, well, I don't know if she knows this. So um, this is what Dana did to create you in the space of her Arbonne business. She asked her four-year-old son, Jack, before she even met you, Jack, who is the queen bee mom at school? Who is the sharpest, most dynamic mom of all of your friends at school? And do you know what Jack said? <laughs> he said, Brandon Harry's mom. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she told me that. She told me that. So there's another technique for you, folks. Ask your four-year-old who the sharpest people are that he knows. And then you can add those people to your list. So, Laura, tell us about, um, okay, that's how you got started, and you got started because you want to make the house payment, and very significant what you said about um, you made a decision, you just, you just saw it and you just decided, and 
you know, I think we all long for the magic wand that could have everybody that we enrolled in the business see themselves with that amount of clarity and power being successful because that is the key. You told me earlier today that you didn't really have any fear of rejection, did you? No. I, I In the beginning, I didn't have any fear. I saw that the products worked. I saw that Dana was going to teach me the way and that uh, there was a system and other people were doing it. And I just knew that if they could do it, I could do it. And that and, and that's all I focused on. And I focused on sharing the business and sharing the products. Um, and and honestly, I, I wanted to go on the Arbonne trip. So I was, whatever it was going to take, I wanted to take my family every year um, on on the trip. And so whatever it took, that was bigger for me than the fear of someone saying no. I grew up only going on, not that there was anything wrong with it, but going to the beach one week every year to the same place. And when I saw that I could take my family to multiple incredible places, that is really what drove me in the beginning. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's a fascinating piece of human psychology because, you know, you can you can show the opportunity to 100 people and you'll get 100 different creative, what I call in creative interpretations, and that's what people make up about the possibility, probability, or inevitability. And, of course, a lot of people make up, I can't do it, nobody wants to do it, I don't have time, I can't sell. They, they make all that stuff up. Some people make up, maybe it's possible. If they at least make up something in the domain of it's possible, they probably enroll. But the only people that make it, like move forward and make things happen, are the ones that make up probability and inevitability. And it's, I think it's very clear to everybody on the call that you made up inevitability. You just creatively interpreted, you made up a story that this was going to be worth it, that you were going to win those trips, and what it took to win the trips was more important to you than anything you had to go through to win them. And it was going to be a beautiful trip. And, of course, when you make that up, well, nothing stops you at all. It is a beautiful trip. So tell us about the first four years. Tell us about how you went about getting 40 business builders and nine leadership legs, how you got Australia going. Tell us a story about your four-year career. Okay. Well, I jumped in, and my very first goal um, wasn't, uh, you know, I, I understood that I had to follow the compensation plan to get there, but my very first goal that I wrote on a piece of paper, and I still have it, is I wrote down that in one year I would be driving the company car, and it wasn't about the car. It was that was the income level that I knew would make a difference um, for my family, and I felt um, that if I was going to ask my family to support something that they really didn't know anything about, that it was up to me to make it happen so that they could see that this worked, that I, I wanted their commitment. 
So I wrote that down, and I wrote it down um, in first person that it had already happened, and I signed it. And I looked at that every day, and um, that's what fueled me to go out and share the business. And and I didn't have any fears. I didn't know that people thought the things that I've learned along the way, that they don't have time or this doesn't work or that's a pyramid. I just... I have to be really honest. I was naive that people thought those things. I know that plenty of people have said no to me um, and said, you know, that it wouldn't work for them, um, but that didn't stop me. I, I had a bigger vision of where this was going to be and what it would create for my family and how if it created it for me and it created for those five people that I met and it created for Dana, I knew it would create it for others. So I went to work um, following the system, which was offering the business and offering the products, offering the business and offering the products, offering them as one package and letting people um, sort themselves out. And uh, along the way, I realized that if I wanted to have the success um, that Dana had, that I needed to kind of follow her around. So if she was at a meeting, I went to the meeting. If she was on a call, I went to the call. If she was... Um, presenting, I wanted to learn how to present. I looked at how she dressed, and I dressed, you know, the same way. I I put myself mentally in her space and said I would work backwards, that I would act as if I was her, and I would go to work building um, building an organization. I, I knew that that was the only way to create the the, the time leverage and the financial independence that my family deserved and um, I really I fell in love with it I fell in love with seeing other people succeed and that to me the very first set of keys that I gave to someone else Richard it's hard to describe it it, it was almost as, as gratifying and this may sound strange as having my kids like I loved seeing other people jump through um, their their fears. And so the relationship part of the business um, is what I thrive on. I, I love that piece. I love getting to know them and what drives them, their families. And so I, I can't tell you that I was perfect about the the system, but I was, I, I was, you know, I mean, I followed what, what, uh, what Dana said to do. And I understood that each person I got in front of was a connector to to more people and that I was to be a good listener and find out what people wanted out of life and to see where that fit into the business model. Um, and then after that, I really, I, I don't think I can take total credit for, the, for the, the, the leaders that I have in my organization. I think I've done an amazing job of picking people that are more successful, more driven, um, more caring than myself. But the one thing that I do think that I, I do well is uh, helping people to see their greatness and build a relationship so that they know that, th- that they will succeed as long as they never quit and they do some self-development every day and do some asking every day that their business will grow. And that's what I did in the first four years. I put my head down and um, I was going to earn that trip and the way that the trip is designed, you build an organization in um, building a trip. So, so I, I, I set a goal right in the beginning. I said I want to be, you know, a couple of years in, I think it was my 
third year in or whatever, um, I remember that November we hit half a million dollars. I remember sitting in my um, in my bedroom with my husband and said, oh, my God, like, I, I, I can't believe that four years ago I was let go out of corporate or three years, and today we've built an organization that has done half a million in sales. That was that was my highest um, point at that point in my business. And I remember sitting there crying and going, oh, my God, like, we're helping thousands. And in five more years, we're going to have a global business that's across every country that Arbonne's in. And I, I wanted people to know that if someone like myself um, that grew up in a little tiny small town and had never been on an airplane really except for a few times until um, I got on an airplane to go to different states to launch people. Then I went to a different country to launch someone. Um, I just knew it was possible. If, if somebody has a desire big enough to change their life um, and that's the target, that's bigger than any fear for me. And I wanted people to know that they could too. That's beautiful. So, Laura, um, could you tell us two or three short stories about people that you invited to take a look? They took a look. They got in. They got it. And you got to enjoy that extraordinary love feeling by watching them excel and build their own empire. Yes, I can. Um, I can tell who they were, how you found them, or how you knew them, what they do for a living, where they live. Tell us the little details about them. Okay. Well, the first one that I want to share with you is um, Regional Vice President uh, Amy Barnes, and Amy lives in um, Maryland. And I met Amy, as ironic as it might sound, I didn't meet Amy personally. I met Amy through one of my incredible. Um, preferred clients. She was using the products, and her son went to school with Amy. Amy was her son's kindergarten teacher. And she called me, my preferred client called me one day, and she said to me, um, my son's teacher is interested in the Arbonne products. And I said, great. Um, when can you stop by? And what I learned is that when anyone's interested, you never just give out product information. So I used a third-party tool. I used another person's Ion Arbon story, which tells the story of success in our company. And I put that and a sample pack and a little bit about our compensation in a packet and gave it to my um, wholesale consultant who gave it to Amy. And I asked her if I could follow it with Amy after she had it for a little while. And I did. And after speaking with Amy, meeting her, uh, I think I met her at a Panera. And I learned all about her, that she had been super successful um, in playing competitive tennis. And she, had, she was very driven. She had worked past um, other jobs, three or four part-time jobs while she was teaching she loved to have her own um, income, but she had a need. She had a beautiful little daughter, and she wanted to be home with her. And financially, that wasn't going to happen unless 
she made significant, you know, income that was going to allow her to do that. And so I realized at that time that I really had something that could help Amy. And I went home, and I think it was a couple months later that Amy actually started. But what I learned about Amy, she was the kind of leader I wanted in my organization. She was caring. She was driven. She had a why. She was not afraid to to, um, to do new things. She had she had had success in her past, and she was also confident. So I think that's important. I think looking for people that are successful, confident, and um, and have a why. I think that makes a big difference. So I came home, and I did something that you know we learn in our industry. I put her name on my leadership board, and I looked at it every day. And I don't really remember how much time went by. Um, but Amy checked out the business a few times, um, and then finally she decided she was going to jump in. And it's been so gratifying because, um, you know, little did we know, but when Amy started, um, everything was great, and then a couple years later she wanted to try to have another child, and she spent, I don't know, three, four, five years um, doing major in, in vitro. And as a teacher, she never would have been able to do that. And her entire time going through that, she was earning a six-figure income, able to be home with her first child. And today now, um, I think it's eight years later, Amy has three uh, beautiful children. And um, I know that I've helped to make a difference in her family's life, and that to me gets me up every day and drives me to want to offer it to other people versus the fear of, you know, what are people going to think. That's Uh, that's, good. Just give people just a sense of the size of Amy's business. Oh, um... I don't know, like... Like they, like she creates... Millions, not income, income, but like number of people or millions a month or millions a year or something. She's an RVP. She's got to be doing millions a year. Yeah, she is. <laughs> I was okay. ask you that question, so I didn't pull those stats. But, um, <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so That's good enough. Yeah. I just want to give people the sense of <clears throat> prospect to multimillionaire. It happens, and it doesn't happen by accident. It happens by design. And, boy, the nuggets that you gave people, Laura, on just that story about how you met her at Panera and, you know, notice how what you talked about, what you did at Panera was not sold her on Arbonne, but you learned about her and you learned about what was important to her. And, you know, the rest is really easy if you start in that place. Tell us about somebody else. Okay. Another person that I've really helped to change her life is uh, Regional Vice President Ann Puckett. And when I met Ann, um, Ann was my children's music teacher at their first uh, public school. And I learned about Ann teaching music. Her husband was uh, um, going back to school and getting his master's degree for um, being a classical composer and writing. And, and, and I would go to school, and as funny as it sounds, Richard, Anne was like on what we call the chicken list. 
<laughs> because when you wanted something done at my kid's school, everybody would say, oh, you want Miss Puckett to do it. You want Miss Puckett to do it. So little did she know, I, wa- I, I wanted Anne in my business, and I would purposely go up and volunteer and try to, <laughs> to, to um, talk to Anne. Well, Anne didn't know that, but I did the same thing with Anne. And I think this is important for people to know, Richard. I put Anne's picture and Anne's name on my leadership board way before she was in my business. And the ironic thing is we had a, a night um, at school where the teachers would come and the kids would come and the parents would come, and we would all eat dinner at a different restaurant, and the proceeds of what we ate would go to the school. And I went to that, as interesting as it is, it was at McDonald's. <laughs> and I went and I ended up sitting next to Miss Puckett that night. And she said to me, I hear that you have some really great products. And um, they come in these orange bottles. And I'm thinking as I'm getting, you know, closer to um, getting a little older that I'd love to try them. And I said, great. Why don't you come over to my dining room and we'll try them out. And so she tried on the products, and I remember taking her down um, to my basement to, to get where my office used to be and got her some uh, a, a sample pack and another Ion Arbonne. And I looked at her and I said, why don't you do what I do? And she kind of looked at me, and she shares this with me after the fact. She said she went home and she said to her husband, Laura offered the business to me, like, doesn't she know I'm a teacher? I don't know anything about business. My mom's a teacher. My dad's a teacher. My family's from teachers. Like, I'm going to be a teacher. Um, but she said there was things that I shared with her that night that intrigued her. She also knew that her and her husband had a lot of debt. They had a lot of school loans, and they wanted more. She loves teaching, but she wants to have a lifestyle of an entrepreneur, not a lifestyle of a teacher. And so I stayed in contact with her, too. And actually, the funniest thing, she started in December. Um, I don't know if it was five years ago, six years ago. I'm not always the greatest with remembering dates. Um, but I called her back, too, or maybe she called me, and she said, you know what? I've been thinking, um, if you think I can do this and you're willing to help me, I want to get started. And... I'm so glad because today Anne has two beautiful children. Her husband is wildly successful, and he can go and do what he wants to do, which is to compose music, and they can live what they love. Anne still teaches part-time, but they have the freedom and the flexibility to have all kinds of choices that the teachers wouldn't have on their salary. They don't have any school loan debt anymore. And Anne has had this year her best year she's ever had in her business. And that to me is incredible because, you know, I, I grew up, my mom was a teacher. And not that we went without Richard, but it was always tight. And so for me, I, I feel like giving back to, to Anne um, and, and helping her to build an amazing business, I want her, I, I feel like in a weird way it kind of gives back to, to the teaching industry and, and just letting them know that it makes a difference, but 
you know, why should teachers have to choose to, to make money or to have an incredible lifestyle? And so I see that Anne and her husband are able to do both and to raise their kids, and it's super gratifying for me. And I'm super, super proud and love that she's in my organization. Nice work. Um, okay, I'm going to shift gears and... Um you told me about something today about uh, you can uh, kind of break your 11-year career into two chunks, the first four years and the last seven years, and something happened around year five or six, somewhere in there, where you had one or more epiphanies about who you were and what you were building and what you needed to do to go large, to really build an empire, an empire beyond just a nice, profitable business. Can you talk about that, Laura? What what was happening in your company, and what was happening in your group, and what was happening with you, and what happened to you? Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, a lot happened. Uh, I had the company, we, we went through some major changes. Um, we had some people in our organization um, leave the company. Um, our company was, 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 was struggling. People were unsure. And I really didn't know what to do. And I, I let that paralyze me. Um, and so I got scared for the first time. And at the same time that was happening, um, my husband and I were going through um, a uh, a horrible losing of another business. Um, so that kind of paralyzed me at the same time. And then at, while that was all going on, within like a two-year time frame, I had five regional vice presidents leave my business. Whoa. And it rocked my world my organization was going backwards. And um, I hadn't experienced that in my first, I guess, five or six years, my organization went up. Now, I'm not going to say every month, but it would go up, and then maybe it would go over, and then we would have another big jump, and then we would go over. And so I really didn't know what to do. And for a little while, um, I kind of hit. I, I slowed down my personal recruiting. I still showed up as a leader, um, and actually, that's when I really dove into the people that were left, and I really saw the value of building relationships with them and telling them um, that it was going to be okay. But I, I really slowed down my personal sponsoring. Um, but I knew in my heart of hearts that I wanted to be a part of this company forever. I fell in love with 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 the culture, with the love and the grace and the personal development and the person that had made me become and the experiences and I really I I I asked myself, what would I do if I didn't do this? And I had a huge void. I I knew that that I would not be happy without building this business. So I um had a great friend who knew I was struggling a sideline um, ENVP and one edition, and she reached out to me and she said, you're really um, kind of putting some stories on your life and you're holding yourself back in your organization. 
and I want you to come to an exchange event that Keith Kochner is doing. And that event changed my life. I realized what did you learn, that I was. What did you learn I learned that I was making up stories about myself and stories about what was possible and that I did deserve to have a huge organization and that I was as capable as other people in, in our company that were higher up than me. And I, I, when I got to the top, I, I looked around and I said, do I deserve to be here? And uh, so I learned that I was not you know, a bad person for my husband and I's company going under. And I learned that um, really the, uh, that I was creating a story about my success and what I deserved. And it was holding my family and my team back and my company that I loved, that I needed to be strong. When the company was, was weak, I needed to be strong, not weak. And um, so it's funny, our, our past old president, Rita Davenport, used to say, prepare for impact, and that when you think you have a life challenge, um, it's really not as bad. And so I learned about some other people's challenges that came to that exchange, and I can tell you, Richard, I came home, and I looked at my husband, and I said, the challenge that we have of going through bankruptcy with this company is nothing. I'll take it back today. And I decided when I came home from that event that I wasn't going to be small anymore. And I went back to doing the things that I did in the beginning, which was something income-producing for my business every day and getting up every day and having a plan and being in gratitude, writing in my gratitude journal, learning. That's when I realized that this industry is so big and I really didn't know about it. And I made a commitment to myself that I was going to start reading industry books. And I read Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire. And I read Making the First Circle Work. And I have a whole slew of books. I re started reading Three Feet from Gold and Wide Awake and um, the, just all kinds of books about other people's challenges. And I remember listening to a tape that Robert Kiyosaki had. And he said, if you want to create greater success in your life, you have to come, become bigger than the challenge that you're facing today. So I knew, okay, the person I am today got me to this challenge. And so if I'm going to come out on the other side of this challenge better and bigger to face another big challenge, because with every big challenge comes bigger growth in your life and in, in, in your world, that I knew I had to get better. I had to stop hiding. I had to get better. I had to show up bigger. And I went to work again on me. I had stopped going to work on me. I was having pity parties for me. Brilliant stuff. <clears throat> okay. Let me ask you this. We're uh, on the back stretch. So maybe you can't think of something. Maybe you can. This might be something, Laura, that you have done repetitively. Or maybe it was just one time. What is the biggest, most costly, and I don't necessarily mean financially, perhaps to your integrity, to your belief, to your vision, to your momentum, to uh, relationships, doesn't matter how you quantify it. What's the most biggest mistake you've made in your career? 
walking away from following the system. Sweet. I stopped personally sponsoring when my belief was low, and I realized that was the exact opposite of what I should have done. How, many, new, how long did you stay in that mode? Probably... Uh, probably a good two years. I sponsored enough to earn the trip, but that was it. And where do you think your business would be factoring geometric progressions if you had not stopped enrolling for those two years or slowed way down? How do you think that would have magnified which that's that's probably six years or so eleven years so um um you'd have five years plus those two years if you'd have not slowed down but kept enrolling kept building what do you think would have where do you think your business would be with those additional seven years of compounding? Oh my gosh, we would be doing two three million a month it it, it it's 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 like the kiss of death. I mean, I have a super great, successful business, but it could be so much more. Yeah. Okay, so on the flip side, uh, 11 years worth of building uh, a huge global empire, what's the most valuable thing you ever did one time or repetitively, but same thing over and over again? And this this is not a may not be a complicated answer at all. Might be somebody something you've already covered. Well, the thing that I've done over and over and over again is to build relationships and to help other people keep their why at the forefront and not make the mistake that I did. Yeah. Okay. Say more. Say a little bit more about that, Laura. That's a that's a sweet spot for me. Um, I realized that along the way when I got stuck in my own way, I never want that for someone else. And so I have a vision board um, in my office. One whole wall is made up of the people in my business and pictures of them, pictures of their kids, um, what's important to them, and I let that drive me. I feel like I have to be my best me so that they can have a wildly successful journey in their life. And it's it's no longer just about the business. It's about I want to help people to become their best them. And whatever fear they have, I want them to know we all have some fear, but it's not it's not real. And I want them to dream and to know that, you know, I just want them to be proud, proud of who they are, proud of what they represent, and that at the core of, I want them to know that I honestly, truly love them, that that my business has become part of my family. You have really turned yourself completely over to their dreams. You're 
you're all in for whatever they've declared they want. That is correct. I am all in. There's a nugget for you folks. You know, Zig, Zig Ziglar is, <laughs> he's, he never was as complicated as a lot of us can make things, but some of you probably know one of the quotes that he's famous for. You can get everything in life if you help enough other people get what they want. And I think, Laura, you've articulated it much more profoundly than Zig did, but same thing. Um, it's really, really powerful. Um, so, um, that's all good, Laura. Last thing I want to ask you is, um, I want you to think about this call and this recording. Um, I want you to think about it in terms of, uh, like time capsuling. I don't know this for sure, but it wouldn't surprise me if somebody's listening to this recording five or ten years from now. They could be listening to it somewhere in the United States. They could be listening to it in some developing country in the world. They might be in Arbonne, and they might be in any one of 500 other companies. And I want you to imagine that they're struggling and what they're struggling with is what they're making up about what's possible or probable or inevitable for them. And they're stuck. And maybe even the clock is ticking for them because, you know, folks, you can't stay stuck forever. Staying stuck forever eats on you. It's like a cancer. It's it's like the longer you're stuck, the more your story is reinforced that you're stuck. And it's like quicksand. And so whenever you find yourself stuck, I want you to think about there's a clock ticking on this. And you're going to end up either pretty quickly what I call RK, roadkill, or you're going to pop yourself out of that quicksand and you're just going to do something totally different than you've been doing before and you're going to be successful. And that always starts with a thought. And Laura, I want you to think about people listening to this now and maybe listening to it for a long time. And I want you to imagine that what you're going to say to them for the next two or three minutes is the last thing they're ever going to get to hear about being successful in their business. In other words, if they don't <clears throat> jump into action out of what you say to them now, they don't ever get to hear any other words of inspiration and encouragement. This is the last thump of the bowl they get, what would you say to them? Wow. I would tell them that they're unstoppable and that if the dream has been put into their heart, then they have everything they need inside of them to make it happen, that everything is possible, 
They just they they need to lean in. They need to know that with every challenge, there's something great on the other side, and that we we don't create any greatness without going through some some challenges and some journeys to become so much better and to not think about the past, that the past is over seconds ago, I mean seconds ago, and to stretch themselves, to do something that absolutely scares them, to set a goal, a a quarterly goal, to get involved or to do something in their business or in their life that they've never done before and to not stop doing that, that every time they get a little comfortable, look out and say, what can I do that's going to make me feel a little bit more uncomfortable? Because with that, you you create more confidence and your dream becomes so big. And, and I want to lend them my eyes and I want to say to them, you you know, like when I started, I it was just to pay the mortgage. And now, you know, I get up and, and I have this amazing organization that's not just in the United States, but when I'm sleeping, I'm making money. And I've learned so much through my Australian business. And now we have a, a business in Poland. And so I didn't see all that then, but I want them to know that they can achieve anything with faith, that I believe in them, that their vision matters, that they want to put their head to the grindstone and follow their company's system and to just stay determined, stay dedicated, and I promise them that on the other side will be so much gratitude for them and abundance and prosperity that whatever challenge they have, it will be worth it because they will have become the person that God has designed for them. They have to trust themselves and know that abundance is calling their name and it comes through their vision of what they can create by helping others. And that's what I want them to know. I want them to know they're enough and they're more than enough. But they have to do the work because anything is possible. Laura, when you went to your first meeting with Dana Collins and you sat there with five other ladies sipping your wine and talking about opportunity and you started to consider whether or not this was something you could do, what is an observation that you had about Dana and the five other ladies that were doing it? I realized that they were ordinary people, and I realized that if that if they could, I could. I I I looked at each one of them, and they all had as many reasons not to as they did, but they said yes. And so I knew that if they could, I could, and I loved the fact that it wasn't this big, shiny, here, it, it was it was real people talking about real things, paying real bills and achieving real success. And I thought, what if I don't do it? And, and I can't explain it to you, Richard, but the fear inside of me was so big that it would be big 
and I would live with regret that these five or six ordinary people had created such choices for their life and their family that for me, I was like, I have to do it. I don't want to live with the regret. But there wasn't anything shiny. It was, here's some great products, and here's some great people, but they were, and I I don't mean to say that, that ordinary wasn't, I mean, they were all successful, but but they were interested in me and my dreams, and I thought that was, like, authentic and real, and I wanted to be a part of it. And and I think that if there's a cliché in there that that might just resonate in people's minds is if they can, I can. If they could, I could. Yes. I felt that to the core. It was strange. Yeah. I don't even know why, but I felt it. And I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to grow it. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful work, uh, Laura. Thank you for your thank contribution, you, your story. Thank you, uh, Really, really great. And and what inspires me about your story is it's obvious that uh, your story is now a lot of other people's stories and most of those people are early in their career and won't your story be magnificent when all the leaders that you've touched have 11 years under their belt? That's, be uh, enormous. That's a, that's a magnificent family you've created. Congratulations and thank you. And I want to thank all of you for joining us from all over the world. Um, Give uh, Laura her props. Uh, you can go to the Bliss Business fan page and chat right now. What's the nugget you got from tonight's call? Thank you all. Have a great weekend. Good night, Laura. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate you. you bet. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. For more invaluable training tools, such as audios, videos, and of course his best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. 